Well, yeah, thanks for doing this interview. Absolutely. Um, this is the first Zoom one that we've done. Most of them have been through email, so nice. this is a first for me as well. Uh, it should be pretty awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so you're in LA now. Did you grow up in LA or? Um, did I did. There? I grew up in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and um, moved to LA for college. So I've been here since 2001. So better part of my life. But um, yeah. Yeah, came out here to go to film school and then uh, stayed around, got a job right out of it, which was pretty cool. So, <laughs> What uh, film school did you go to? Uh, USC. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. I went there right as they were trying to start up an animation department, which they didn't quite have together yet. I think it's more fully fledged now. Um, and I ended up doing my own weird thing, which is sort of specializing in visual effects and stuff like that. So... I ended up doing visual effects for everyone in my year's uh, projects, and that sort of uh, got me going, you know, like got me focused on visual effects is the thing that uh, seems to totally. work for me the best. I hear that story a lot. It's kind of like this this film or this short or this project needs visual effects, so someone needs to do it. And then, mm -hmm. like, you know, someone volunteers, and then that person, that's like the career they end up choosing. Yes. There's some, like, draw about <laughs> it like that. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, what, were you using After Effects in 2001 or what I software? I was. I think I've used After Effects probably since, let's see, since version 3.1, like 98 or something like that. Um, I ended up using it because um, I had a, like a summer job in high school as a, um, just a general production company. They did like local commercials and stuff like that. And they were aware of After Effects and they needed somebody to figure it out and sit down. And I was like the high school kid who could sit at the desk and just sort of dink around with it until we uh, figured it out. And so kind of at the same time, I was always into like Photoshop and how that worked. And I just loved that it was like Photoshop with a timeline. So I started making lots of high school videos using everything After Effects that I could. And uh, yeah, I, I've not changed much since then, I guess. Wow, 98. So... I'm not going to do the math, but that's, yeah. that's a lot of experience with After Effects. Yes. So yeah, we have a familial relationship, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, at that point. Older than your kids. Yeah. Um, so you said you got hired like right out of college? No internship? I, or Yeah, I was very lucky. I had applied um, throughout college. I, had, I did an internship at Paramount um, Studios while I was in college. Um, but six times I applied to DreamWorks, both the motion picture and the animation side and didn't get any of those. I didn't even get an interview for any of them. And since it was just a habit now to apply for stuff, I was like, well, there's a PA gig there. I'll apply for that as I'm about to graduate and got interviewed the day before commencement and a job that started the next Monday, which was insane. <laughs> Wow. So I often joke that that's exactly how film school is supposed to work is that, you know, the, the day after you graduate, you should have a, an, a yeah. paid industry job. Supposedly. Yes. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah. On that note, like, did you find that the stuff you learned in film school was useful for your career or I don't want to um, like lead your, oh, your answer? No, but. certainly. Um, I, I do say this a lot. Um, the, but uh, film school didn't 
teach me any specific skills that I use now. And in fact, what it did more was it at least put me in an environment where I needed to collaborate with a greater number of people than just myself sitting at my desk. So in that way, it was cool that USC is sort of like a microcosm of what the industry feels like when you're in it. You're sort of on your own. You have to pitch your own films. You don't always get to make your own things. And so you get a, an idea of what different roles in the industry are. And obviously, I ended up specializing in visual effects. Um, but all of my practical skills, I learned from Aaron Rabinowitz and Andrew Kramer and uh, Creative Cow just combing through every page on there and every video tutorial I could find throughout college, teaching myself different After Effects skills, which I ended up applying to uh, my skill set once I got a job. Nice. So PAing, you, you know, production assistant, nothing to do with visual effects, but probably good exposure to, you know, different aspects like sound department and, you know, DPs and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. There was it. Was there a draw to like move on to, you know, other, other avenues in the film world or were you like, targeting visual effects? Um, I wasn't, I'm, I'm still in that weird category where I'm always like, oh, I'd love to do more if, uh, if I could. I'd love to have created something, I think is just sort of what I like to do. I like to come up with and make things. So, you know, while at DreamWorks, um, it was pretty great. I spent, um, I was in the story and editorial department, which is a fantastic place to be in cool. animation because you're basically crafting the movie and really close to creatives. And so it was really fun to be in rooms where we're all pitching ideas and coming up with concepts and things like that. And it's amazing how there's a, at the time I was there, a very great lack of ego, which just made it feel like you were really working with peers the whole time. And that was really cool. That's good um, to hear. Yeah. So I, like for a while, I had never targeted animation specifically, but I thought, oh, this could be really fun. Maybe I'll you know, set my sights on some a higher up thing in animation, um, whether it's on the art side or I'd love to be able to pitch something here and make it happen. Um, ultimately, my skill set was so specialized that I ended up just like they kept on going to me for the thing I was really good at until it. I formed a department around myself as uh, this After Effects department that would work for different movies, uh, the Kung Fu Panda movies, and kind of anytime you'd see. Uh, a screen within a screen, we'd always need little motion graphics and clips like that throughout the pipeline, which is kind of fun. So we handled all sorts of things like that. And then Action Movie Kid ended up being this thing that I sort of accidentally stumbled upon once I had had my kid and was making videos of him. And that was the first time that I had my career really explode into something new where I got to be more central to the creative, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. So you started an After Effects department at DreamWorks? Yes. Um, I started, uh, when I was in the story and editorial department, I would help create animatics out of the storyboards. And then eventually I started tinkering around with the visual development paintings and trying to make previs of what the sets would look like once you they came to life and you could fly a camera through them and things. Um, so that became something that a lot of shows wanted for their reels or for their presentations or their first cut of a movie or something. And so I got bounced around a lot for that. And then uh, Alex McDowell 
a great production designer from live action came to work at DreamWorks for a handful of years. And yeah, he did things like uh, Fight Club and he's worked with Fincher and he worked on the uh, Watchmen movie. And um, when he came to the studio, he was so used to a motion picture pipeline where you'd have the slimmest crew you possibly could to push images and ideas as far as you could. And he saw that I was doing that. And my wife, who was working as his research assistant at the time, convinced him to hire me as, uh, as an artistic role, which was really cool. Was she your wife at the time? Did you uh, have like she an was, inside thing? Or? She was uh, my girlfriend at the time, I think. Yes. Nice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Worked out well. So yeah, I met her on the B movie working in the art department. And then uh, when uh, Alex moved on to the production of Rise of the Guardians, um, he called me over, which was pretty cool. Very cool. It's awesome. Um, so how, how did the transition go from working at DreamWorks to, okay, before, how would you address what your current role is? Um, what do you I, do? Sure. It's uh, it's a complicated one. Um, the main thing that I do, the thing that I spend the most of my time on is uh, working with Red Giant now. I work part-time for them about three and a half days a week creating the Cheap Tricks tutorial series and sometimes helping them with other um, new products that they're trying to to demo and display and testing things like that. But um, yeah, so I've become a little bit of a visual effects and after effects communicator trying to teach online a lot of the time. And then the other half of my time or the other couple of days are spent on um, keeping a social media presence for Action Movie Kid and um, always sort of have feelers out. Um, I'm still every now and then helping with a motion picture that comes along, um, either animated or live action, um, if it's something that I feel like I can do remotely and help in a part-time way. And not regret too much that you took it <laughs> on. And hopefully yes. Yeah, so the latest movie I completed was Mary Poppins Returns, so still, so a few years ago, um, for one that I got to put things on screen in that movie, and then um, now I've I've worked on a handful of things that are trying to get going, or early versions of movies, it's something that I'm commonly looked to since uh, from my DreamWorks contacts who know I can do that stuff. Nice, it's good so that you I'm still just, have connections there. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's, it's really hard to define what I do specifically. I, you know, there's the term creator, which is a weird one or content creator, which uh, is, uh, feels derogatory almost. <laughs> yeah. But, it's still um, pretty abstract at the same yes. time. Content creator. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I make stuff for people to watch is, is sort of what I tell people I do. Yeah. It's a good answer. So you transition from, doing the DreamWorks After Effects department, right into doing the Action Movie Kid videos that everybody in the world has seen at this point, I assume. I, yeah, I did. It was, uh, it was really fun. Um, yeah, the story I tell about it is that basically, um, my friends who were having kids at the same time were all sharing videos on Facebook. I wanted to do the same, but I wanted to make mine look like we were endangering our child a lot. And so, because my parents weren't on Facebook, I threw them all on YouTube for them to see them in a little channel. I didn't think at all about the name or workshop it at all. And, and I've always thought like, man, I could have come up with a way better name for it than Action Movie Kid. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. But um, it uh, that two months after posting these for my parents, 
somebody got them on the front page of Reddit and in one day there were a million hits and we were on Good Morning America the next morning and my parents were flying into town that day. So we had this really cool, um, crazy activity um, going on. And one of the reasons my parents were visiting was because we wanted to announce that we were expecting Sophia, my daughter, at the time. And so Sophia's birth announcement got bizarrely entangled in all of this stuff. Um, some people found out from the Ellen show, supposedly, some of our relatives that Mandy was expecting before we oh. got to tell them, which was funny. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was this really exciting, huge thing that I thought, this is going to be a fantastic couple of weeks. Like, how great that we get to, like, have some clips. Make I mean, it's a fame kind like of thing. Yeah. yeah. So we did that. Um, and the the thing that I didn't expect was a reach out for representation, which was really neat because I didn't have an artistic rep at the time. And so I thought, that could be cool. And um, I signed with UTA and... Since then, UTA has been really awesome at turning what I did into these commercial opportunities, which they started piling on right at the beginning because I had that viral heat. And it spiraled into me doing between 50 and 60 commercials for Toys R Us that later that wow. year, which I took sort of a working sabbatical for. Um, my show was going on a bit of a hiatus for rewrites, and I asked if I could leave to direct these commercials and then come back. And while I was out, more and more commercial opportunities sort of hit wave after wave, which was pretty cool. Um, I think the, uh, the, I was ideal because I was like a post house, but just one entity that you could go to and deal with all that stuff, which was yeah. both exhausting and really fun creatively at the same time. So um, it, the work became, the opportunities were so much that eventually after about 10 months of dipping my toes in both worlds, I eventually had a meeting with my bosses at DreamWorks and was like, Hey guys. So, and they're like, you know, it's, it's cool. You, can, you go do your, go do your thing. And so, uh, yeah, it was a really soft, uh, transition between the two, but still a lot of fun. It was fun to be doing all of the stuff at the same time. So a lot of, um, people like budding visual effects artists seem to, you know, start by watching video co-pilot and learning all they can about after effects. And, and then there's this split of people who want to do like, you know, Freddie Wong style, corridor style, mm -hmm. action movie kid style stuff. And then those who want to move on to doing like the blockbusters and working at DreamWorks and yeah. you know, the big studio stuff. You, you had a, a taste of both worlds do you have like a preference or reason why you might suggest one over the other? Sure. It's interesting. Um, I loved working at DreamWorks and I had a tremendous 10 years there and it was really amazing to meet all those creatives. I felt like such good friends with everybody and have stayed friends with the people I worked there, which is really wonderful. Um, it was a great day job, but um, there was an element of you're working on one project for a really long time, which can be tiring depending on what you're doing. Um, I'm Because of my short attention span, and if a short attention span speaks to anybody, it turned out to be really, really fun and almost necessary for me to make the action movie kids even while I was working 
you know, while I was employed full time because I needed an outlet for ideas that would pop into my head. And so in that way, a corridor model is a really, really great way to exercise your creativity at a much higher level. You can come up with concepts, execute them, figure out which friends work in the right uh, capacities as you know different filmmaking roles and you could have really don't have friends just get your children to do it for you exactly so yeah that's always been my downfall is the is none of the friends uh all the talented friends i do have are highly sought after employed professionals (laughs) so uh yeah working in la made that uh pretty uh yeah difficult for me to yeah ever like crew up or anything on the uh action movie kid side but uh it was really fun getting to collaborate with all the people that I have over the years for it. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out great. Um, so what I've always liked about the action movie kids is I, it, you know, I've never grown up. Nobody who works at production grade has grown up. So we're <laughs> all children. And I feel like that, you know, that living your dream, living your imagination is something that you have embraced for your family. Um, I, I, I think I forget what it is. I think it's when your son is like crawling on a crib, you like pan down to reveal like a cityscape below him. Oh yeah. Uh And that kind of like that, like transition in camera kind of move of like we're in the real world. And then suddenly we're like in the imagination world. I've always Mm -hmm. loved just that feeling by itself. Um, So with everything going on right now, there's a lot of parents who are, you know, with, I want, I don't want to say stuck at home, but, they're stuck at it home. It works. Stuck at home. Yeah, no. they're stuck <laughs> at home. <laughs> and their kids are stuck at home as well. And they're looking for ways to keep them engaged and entertained. Um, and I know a lot of footage crate users are new new footage crate users or parents who are, you know, looking to get into visual effects to keep their kids entertained and, you know, enthusiastic about stuff. Do you have any tips for them, like getting oh. started? Yeah, well, getting started, um, a handful of the people we've mentioned are really wonderful to see. Um, let me think here. They, um, If you're getting into After Effects and want to learn how it works really well, seeing Andrew Kramer do video co-pilot tutorials are amazing. Um, I teach After Effects tutorials now on a series called Cheap Tricks for Red Giant, where I try to kind of take one idea and teach both the underlying concept in After Effects and the effect at the same time, which is a little bit of a longer format and maybe difficult for uh, for parents to find that free time. But um, without uh, brown nosing too much here, um, I really recommend if parents find their kid into something like, like Avatar, the Last Airbender, or... Uh, I don't know what, uh, Frozen or something like that. It's really worth going to something like Production Crate where you can look up if there is a specific tutorial on something your kids would love to participate in. They're usually short, they're funny, and they come with assets, which is a big help, especially if you're just starting out and don't know how to create things from scratch that well. And with like a free trial of After Effects and the free stuff available at Footage Crate, you could absolutely set aside a couple hours and come up with something that'll delight your kids. And the more you practice that and the more you can find time to do something like that, the better you'll get and the more you'll start to realize how the program works. So you can start to really bend all of these assets to your will. 
I wasn't even fishing for that, but that's, that's a fantastic <laughs> testimonial. Thank you. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so Action Movie Kid, you've created, uh, do you know how many videos total you've made? There, you know, so Ooh. many. I don't remember, to be honest. It's a hundred and something. I know it's, yeah, it's over uh, <laughs> over a hundred, but I don't remember how many over a hundred. Is there anyone in particular that stands out to you as like, you bit off more than you can chew? Um, certainly. The ones that I bit off more than I can chew include three shorts for Action Movie Kid that I have filmed, some of them over three years ago and not been able to complete or release yet. Um, I've talked about them and shown like clips of them at, uh, if I do live talks sometimes, <laughs> but, um, I did a brother versus sister beach battle, which I'm really excited about, but it in, involves 50 or 60 visual effect shots and has been hard to pull together because I can either release one effect shot that's 10 seconds long and release that to the world, or I can disappear for months and put out one longer video, which may or may not perform well. I never know. Um, so the stuff that I've bit off more than I can chew certainly um, includes the anything longer. And there's been a lot of requests for me to do more story-driven stuff and longer things, and I would love to, but uh, myself don't have the resources to do that. I'm yeah. actually going to peek at my directory. We have... Looks like, all right, how many videos have we done total? Um, I think we've done 100 and, is it nine videos? Yeah, 100, 130, 100 and, oh, they're, they're, this is a dynamic thing apparently. Um, so yeah, we've released over 170 videos and oh. uh, we have filmed uh, over 300. So all the ones that haven't made that list are in the back burner. Some of them I'll never complete. Some of them were funny to me that day and probably wouldn't be funny after that. So you give up on them for that sake. And some of them I'd think, oh, I can totally do this. And then we'll try and fail and think, nah. So, uh, and even then half the time I'll post them just because I figure I, you know, there's, there's no need holding myself to a crazy standard. And uh, yeah. a handful of VFX people will call out like, ooh, the color really sucked on that one. And I'll be like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else was good. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've gotten used to like, if it sits on the back burner too long, it's just never going to get done. Because mm -hmm. there's always something new or something that takes a higher priority. So I, I've gotten very good at like, cool, we shot that like three day shooting, hired all these actors. Doesn't matter. Burn it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, I feel that way, um, even with Red Giant, and I feel very bad about this. Um, I had a transitional period where I was freelancing for them uh, before I became an employee. And during that time, we filmed um, with David Hewlett from uh, Stargate, uh, the TV series, and um, just a great, funny guy. We filmed a parody of Venom, which we, th we filmed before the movie came out, and we thought we would try to get it done by the time the movie came out and the visual effects ended up being too much and we didn't have the people to allocate to it. So I'm also sitting on this great short that I wrote with Aaron Rabinowitz and Seth Worley. And it's, it's funny. It was performed super well by David. And I really want to honor the commitment of getting that done. 
someday. It's 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 so someday. sad to have uh, shorts piling up. But I know it that is. there's a sequel coming out sometime soon, so maybe we'll uh, try to catch that second wave of people there being interested in Venom. So yeah, that'll be the push you need, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like your career, my career, have a lot of parallels. I actually went to school to be a teacher, and uh-huh. then I kind of did this full circle thing where now I'm teaching visual <laughs> effects online. Uh, what made you want to do like the the guru style stuff, Red Giant? And um, I think you you had some of your own tutorials you're posting on Action Movie Dad for a while there, and then I yeah. think you transitioned over. Yeah, I've always been tremendously grateful for the video tutorial producing community. I owe my entire After Effects career to them. And so just by you reach a point where you have this set of skills and you want to figure out how you could have a greater community around you who does similar things. And um, the communities that um, the After Effects people built, Andrew Kramer and Aaron Rabinowitz over time and Seth Worley. I loved watching all of their stuff. And so, yeah, I was, it was a natural thing for me to wish that I could emulate my heroes in that way. <laughs> so I started putting together at least how I was doing some stuff on action movie dad. And for about, it felt like almost three years in a row, um, Aaron Rabinowitz would call me every couple months and ask if I'd consider doing stuff for Red Giant, and uh, I eventually caved after years. So uh, um, it turned out to be tremendously rewarding, a rewarding experience because it turns out to be the thing that I'm good at doing, showing other people both that I'm good at it and how to do it themselves, and hopefully bolsters the community to produce more exciting videos that are just, you know, put more imagination into the world. Yeah, I I feel that for sure. Uh, You're doing... So at, at Production Cray, we like like condensed format stuff because mm-hmm. everyone seems to have such a short attention span. So we're like, cool, yes. chop it up, like keep it under 10 minutes, like shove as many jokes in there as you can, but don't let it like get out of control. And then cheap tricks. Average episode is probably like 40 minutes or something, but I mean, yes, they are entertaining. Like <laughs> why, why did you choose? What, why did you choose to do the longer format versus like the shorter format? So it's probably more that I'm a windbag that they ended up <laughs> bloating to that level. Um, they originally, I pitched them as 20 minutes and I filmed the first one, got it to about there, um, saw a handful of comments that didn't like when I fast forwarded through some stuff or a couple of things that I realized, oh, in summarizing, I skipped this really important tip. And I slowly started adding back in more and more things and realized, oh, shoot, if I want to talk about fractal noise, I want people to understand not just how to do this one effect. I want them to know why it's so cool. So let me do a fundamentals on that before I talk about fractal noise to make this one Sonic the Hedgehog thing or whatever it is. And um, it it sort of accidentally became that I was trying to explain both how great After Effects is and then kind of by the end, oh yeah, and here's how you would totally apply it to this movie effect. So it sort of just spiraled out of control. Some of them ended up, um, my Aquaman tutorial ended up over an hour at first and we ended up splitting it into two because... I would come along, like as I'm exploring and trying different effects, I would come up with things that I was like, oh, it'd be a shame not to share how to do that. It would be a shame to not share 
how to do that. But yeah, mostly it's probably just like ego and being a, a blowhard. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't get bored watching them, which says something. Cause like, I appreciate it's, that. It's a bit for an internet video, right? It's like, I can watch for Netflix sure. or I can watch cheap tricks and like, yeah, I watch cheap tricks. So no, I yeah, love that. Good. I appreciate how, what a great response people have had to it because we were very scared about the, the first one that I put up there, there was like an hour long and we thought like who in their right mind would do this. Yeah. And then I realized like, Hey, like 14 year old me, would have loved that. Like that's what I would do when I was in college is I had, I had no better stuff to do than just learn and absorb everything I could. So totally, I'm yeah. super excited for the generation of people who were at that age. And I'm trying to speak to them, even though I'm, you know, like pushing 40 and uh, <laughs> my references are a little out of date for the, uh, for the kids these days. But I'm sure you guys got a pretty mixed age viewership, you know. It's it's very confusing to know, yeah, because we're kids it, like are featured in it, but also we yeah, we appeal to the visual effects people who are my age who get these references. So uh totally. Awesome. Um can you say make it awesome for us, please. I would love a snippet of just make it awesome. All right. From the action movie, Dad. <laughs> Make it awesome. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to see that everywhere on the internet now. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, Hashi, I think that about does it. Can you tell us, like, where where do we follow your work? Cheap Tricks on Red Giant, obviously, if you want to learn um, tutorials, uh, Twitter, all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, follow me on Twitter at Action Movie Kid. Um, our YouTube channel is the best way to support us if you'd like to subscribe to that. And we also are on Instagram as the action movie kid there. Perfect. Someone else got action movie kid. Apparently. Yeah. So <laughs> we're the action movie kid at a handful of things, but Perfect. we have the trademark. So there we go. Oh, nice. Very nice. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot, Hashi. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. All right, man. See ya.